Welcome, everybody, to the Monster Baby Podcast. I'm Ted Desmaisons. I'm Lisa Rowland. Hey, it's a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Yes, we are your co-hosts, and this episode... Co to the hosts. Co to the hosts is, <laughs> is uh, kind of a... It's not a grab bag, but it's sort of a, a catch-up, because there's like a lot of... There's there's a lot that's dusted up in the world of mindfulness and improvisation right now. We took we took a big old fishing net and ran it through our last few weeks. Yeah. And then shook it out. Talk about what's going on. There's a couple of fish flopping around in there, including a single goldfish that is changeable size. Well, as they are. Apparently so. The more to come on that. One of the things we talk about is this awesome article that just got published in the Stanford Alumni Magazine about the legacy of improvisation stemming from Patricia Ryan Madsen's work, which was a, a particular delight. And one of the things that's neat about the article is that you're quoted in it. And you are too. Whoa. <laughs> so your podcast co-hosts, Lisa Rowland and Ted DeMaison. Make an appearance in this article. In this article. So... We talk about that a little bit, and then a little bit from our lives. Yeah, you know, what's snippets, going on? Snippets of busyness. And so we're just we're catching up with you. We're letting you know what's going on, what, what's on our minds, what we're working on these days. Super glad you're with us. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao. Welcome to the episode. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. There's a lot. There's a lot. You did a thing in Hawaii. I did a thing. It was my first thing ever in Hawaii. Like for, yeah. How to how would it go? Well, okay. So it was a playful mindfulness immersive weekend. And. Which uh, means like an intensive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is going back to. When I first proposed this weekend version of the six-week course at Stanford, they wanted to call it a playful mindfulness boot camp. And you're like, no, that's, that's not, not really exactly against the spirit of what we're talking about. So we more were... playful, more mindful, more. <laughs> you're, you're. Little do you know you're foreshadowing. Uh, and <laughs> so then I called it an intensive. And then after a couple times teaching, I was like, that's still a little too much for me. So I wanted to call it an immersive. Intensive is too intense. Like intense. Yeah. Mm. So now it's an immersive. Great. Immersive as noun. And, you know, I, I thought, everybody told me I was going to love Maui. And it was just going to be a total fit for my personality. And I did. I liked it a lot. Because <laughs> it's awesome to wear shorts and a t-shirt at night and just sit on a porch and like not be sweating and not be cold. And also be surrounded by intense physical beauty. Like flowers, like mountains, natural ocean, beauty is what I mean. Spectacular. Yeah. Just lovely, right? But okay, here's the thing. I'm a little nervous about saying this because it's a big hate mail is gonna be intense. Right. You're well, gonna get I, so I had, much. I just had flack a nice weekend experience with these yeah. people who paid me money for my yeah. But Maui and Hawaii has this whole thing called the Aloha Spirit, which is generosity, welcome, openness, love. Love will take care of you. You know, we, you come in here. We're going to welcome you with big arm, warm arm, open arms. Yeah, <laughs> warm heart, big warm open big arms. Yeah. yeah, and such a lovely notion. I found, <laughs> I found that there was almost a little bit of an aggression about it, <laughs> like. 
we're going to aloha you and you're so going to like it. We're going to aloha you so hard. So like everybody <laughs> was telling me about Aloha Spirit. You're like, I get it. And okay, it was like, just, we're really just friendly. Simmer down. When you move to Maui, it's because it's so friendly. And you're like, Every- uh, me thinks that does protest too much. <laughs> right. Could it be? It was a little of that. And, and so I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, this is kind of like a third circle friendly. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, it's aggressive friendliness. Like, like in your face. And there were a couple of people in particular that I ran into that like telling me all about it. And then, and then it was like not quite right. So one guy l- lovingly gave me a ride home from a dinner. Lovely. Yeah, great. And he was explaining to me about how on Maui people let people enter from their drive, like they're they're exiting their driveways. People pause for them going both ways in the road to let them go. Yeah, great. Nice. Yeah. Great. So on the way to the restaurant from the beach, we paused several times to let people cut in. Everybody who wanted to come in from parking lots, whatever. Aloha spirit. Aloha spirit. But then when they didn't realize that he was waiting for them, he's like, come on, go. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh. Huh. <laughs> Not sure that's the spirit. So, so was the so so you noticed a discrepancy between the words and the and the actual tone yes. of the yes. experience of Aloha Spirit. And with many, it was like with many, with some, it was like this bifurcation. In one realm, totally Aloha Spirit, totally welcoming, totally loving. Another realm, like a little edgy, mm-hmm. a little judgmental, a little harsh. Yeah. So that took a while to get used to. I'm still not sure I figured that out. And I feel a little bit like I'm telling, what is it called? What's the phrase? Telling out of, tad, tattling out of, telling out of tales school. out of school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was funny. I did meet many people who said, when I came to Maui, I knew right away I wanted to move here. Or like the first time I left, I cried on the airplane home. Yeah, that I, was not your experience. It sounds Not my like. experience. Yeah. I liked it, but I didn't feel that way. That's how I feel when I go to the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. I get on a ferry going from Seattle to Whidbey Island, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I got to move up here. here. Yeah. So that was curious. Yeah. Um, but I think I'd like to go back. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you run into a little problem with your facility as well. So we were at the Wailea Healing Center uh-huh. up on this gorgeous hill next to a golf course. Well... They say on the website, you know, nearby is this restaurant, Mulligan's, down the hill. I'm like, okay, it's probably a couple hundred feet down the hill. Not a big deal. Well, Mulligan's was 20 feet away. Oh. Yeah. So you heard Mulligan. So on Friday night, we got a bit of band music, dance music, you know, while we're doing some meditation stuff. Great. Start up on Saturday, Saturday at lunchtime. Thankfully, it's at lunchtime, but... We hear this like punk music starting up, <laughs> like 20 feet away, just full bore, full blast, screeching guitars and yelling. And then I go over there, I find out that Black Flag, the <laughs> punk band. Not the not the insect poison? Well, named after the insect poison, really? I'm sure. Yeah. Black Flag. Or maybe named after the pirate. Maybe. Pirate. Pa- Could be. Custom. Yeah. Anyway. Jolly, Jolly Roger. Uh Okay, they're performing a show, at, uh, and they're going to do a sound check starting at 4 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. We're scheduled to go till 5. So needless to say, we cut our day short mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock. And then also, the temperature, you know, it's pretty warm in Hawaii. Like yep. Yes, 85 this is what, to 90. Right. And the facility didn't have air conditioning. Oh, so you were hot. 
And one of the, they also don't have insulation. So when the sun beats down on one of the walls, it turns into like an oven radiator. Yeah. So we, yeah, we well, couldn't be in the space. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? Exactly. <clears throat> so I had to make some facilities adjustments. And I found myself tested. My own mindfulness practice was tested. And that was one of my big takeaways was, you know what? I've been teaching this stuff for a while. I am still a friggin' beginner. Mm-hmm. A friggin'er. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I got so, like, I got so reactive to people. And I was like, one person was, I thought was taking things really personally. And I was getting upset with her. I'm like, dude, you're taking it personally. Mm, but she's taking it personally. Check you out. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know. Um, and then other, somebody would do something that would bug me. Or I would do something that would bug me. And I'd kind of get going. And I'm like. It's kind of mirrored the whole Aloha spirit experience. So I had to keep taking a meta perspective. And, I, and that really helped. I was like, you know what? This is all fine. These well, are bumps that happen in the course of a course. It'll be fine. You're good. These are not the important parts. Yeah. You get to be here. You're teaching the class. People are loving it. We're having a good time. We're going to get through it. We might not get every exercise done. It's not, it's it might okay. not go perfect. Yeah. It's fine. What's perfect? I mean, right? Like, yeah. what's perfect? The yeah. perfect thing is the thing that's happening. Yeah. So it felt good to kind of take that perspective and to practice what I was preaching. And, I, you know, for the most part, I did it. Yeah. And, uh, so, Could you? But did you experience the nice parts? Like, what was the? Oh, part, yeah. what was well, the nice. What was the nice stuff? Okay. Well, it was absolutely beautiful. We went for swims each evening in the ocean. In the ocean, oh, so warm God. and just so so pleasant. Went up to some nice dinners, um, great conversations, really great people. I, yeah, and I, you know, I was on Maui teaching what I love to teach with cool people. Like right. I mean, there's your perspective. Yeah, and and it's like, look where I am. When all was said and done, I mean, sort of, I thought that maybe we were going to break even, but I ended up making a little bit of money, so it was actually a, a positive. Cool. Yeah, so that felt good. So got some more experience and one more state off my states to visit list. Had you not been to Hawaii? Had not been. Oh my god! I've only got four states left: Alaska, Alabama, Mississippi, and New uh, Louisiana. Ah. Mm-hmm. Louisiana. I know you just went there. Go to New Orleans. Yeah. It's the best city ever. So so now I'm back for a couple days and now I'm going to DC tomorrow for a mindfulness conference. You are truly running a Lisa Rowland schedule. I'm I'm in the midst of my busiest schedule in the last that, that I can remember the last several years. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Ton of work. Ton of work. This is a, gonna be my Feast or Famine. Best month ever. Yeah, great. Way to go. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, what have you been doing in all this time? Well, I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Well, not really. But. Yeah, you've only been to Hawaii. I don't know. You know, I've just been doing what I do. Oh, I officiated a wedding. Oh. <laughs> it's not, and actually, that was so... Oh, it was so great. It was so great. I Dear, dear friends of mine have been engaged for a long time. I've known them for a long time. One the groom I went to college with and then I met his beautiful bride uh, a couple years later when like I was actually they knew each other from high school but I was sort of a long story but we we both the groom and I were in New York for another for another mutual friend of ours's wedding when he reconnected with his now bride mm. and and so I feel like I was part of it's the It's a wedding chain. That's right. 
I am re- I am reminded that I am never more nervous than I am when I am officiating wedding ceremonies. Is that so? Oh God, yes. I am. Yes. What makes you nervous? Because it feels very much like I am there to uh, to like usher their vision into reality, to wow. hold space that is appropriately profound and playful that I want to hold the the space for this once in a lifetime wildly significant event for them and I want to do it in the way that they that that is fitting with sure. how they envision their day going and usually they haven't seen the whole ceremony so there's some unknown of like I hope this is yeah. right Pleasing. and I yeah. hope it all comes out I hope the timing is right and I hope I don't you know like it just feels, and I'm in, inevitably I'm doing it for people that I love, that I know, right. and so I really don't want to let them down, okay. and like that's it. I re- just don't want to let them down. I want to live up to what they hope I will give them. Yes, because you, they've asked me for a reason. And as I understand it, you always have. So yes, so as far, far as I know. Yeah, great. And when I think about it, it's like, these people love you, and you love them, and that's why they asked you, and they asked you because you're you, and you can't fail at that. So it's actually, the stakes are awfully low on this other... Yeah, right. Or like, the, rather, the risk is awfully low. Yeah, no, I understand the nervousness, though. I mean, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a distinct moment in these people's lives that really does matter. It's a ton of import. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then on the other side of things, it's like, well... What's the important part? It's not actually what you say during the ceremony. They're getting married. They've brought all their people here together. The, you know, it's like there's so many other things that are right. important. It's really not about me. It's about it's about getting them married and getting out of the way. Like less is mm-hmm. more. I consider myself more an MC mm-hmm. of like my job is to sort of like facilitate this thing happening in a in a way that that honors the spirit of how they want this to sure. feel. And it went great. But this time I played improv games with the with the. During the sermon? Yes, I did secret handshake. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Oh, wow. And I led a, a community pronouncement so that... Can you explain what secret handshake is? Yeah, so it's a, it's a game that I, we often use to... It's like an ice-breaking, familiarity-building, yeah. bonding game. Dan Klein calls it rapid bonding. Um, because it's, you, you, it's, a, it's a series of paired exercises where each new task you have, you get a new partner. And then in between each task, you revisit all of the other tasks you've done and partners you've had. And so it sort of builds these little nodes of connection. So the first task is find a partner, build, create, a, build a secret handshake create together. Create a secret handshake together, yeah. So collaboratively invent a secret handshake. And then you, great, you do that, and then you find a new partner. And, and, and for this, I asked them to, to create advice about life, one word at a time. Cool. Advice about life or love, one word at a time. And demonstrated with the bride and groom. We're like, here's oh, how it's going to cool. go. So the three of us made one up at the front. And then the third one was find a new partner. You know, like revisit your handshake partner, revisit your life advice partner, go find a new partner and tell a story about how you know Amanda and or Ryan. Oh, or like nice. share a memory that you, something you did with them or something you think of when you when you think of them or things like that. And it was Lovely, so great. because that means everybody got to celebrate how they know this couple yep. out loud. They got to share it with somebody, and then they sat down, and then, you know, and there was this moment where I was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to need you all to stand up and find a partner." And they just like looked at me blinking, and I was like, "No, oh, I'm serious." <laughs> now, now this is a different kind of wedding. This is a different kind. Of, this this might not be a thing that you're that you are uh, that you were expecting out of this wedding, and. But it went so great. Cool. It went so great. People were so excited by it. And 
up at the front, my, the groom was like, I love it. Like my college roommate is making a handshake with my great aunt. Like these people never would have crossed yeah. paths. And this is like what I love so much about this. And so it wove into how they live their lives in a really beautiful way, what they value about experiencing life in a really beautiful way. And it was playful. Great. You know, and that's why they, and I think that's why they wanted me to do Sounds it. Sounds perfect. Well yeah. done. That's really cool. Yeah. You just mentioned seeing different people together in different ways. Yeah. And one of the things that has happened for me since we last spoke is that I started teaching my Playful Mindfulness Level 2 class. Mm -hmm. And so in that class, I have a handful of students that just took my class at Stanford, Playful Mindfulness Intro. But I've got a couple new students, including a woman who's 86 years old from the Czech Republic. Well, she was born in the Czech Republic. And she was a, her family was a Holocaust survivors. So she got out when she was a kid. And I've never had somebody this old in any of my classes. Mm. And it's really cool to watch the group and my and me make adjust. space for her and adjust. So it's like the speed of games is not, you know, she takes more time to have something come out. Yeah. I find myself feeling really, really patient and not frustrated. Yeah. And it's like, of course it's going to take time. Oh my gosh. Of course. And, and you know, but so to watch her be with other people, it's just really cool. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And after each class so far, you know, I walk her back to her car so she doesn't trip on the flagstones and mm -hmm. help her get up and down the stairs. And, you know, she's like, she's not really ever done mindfulness not really done much improvisation and just sort of was like coming because a friend suggested it i love it and she's really seems to be enjoying it it's so cool so cool but she said after the first class we did we were talking about meta perspectives and sort of taking a step back to be able to see your emotions or your thoughts she said i'd never i never knew that was possible to be able to do that and i thought wow yeah how cool to have that new insight at this time you know mm -hmm. so i'm feeling really thankful and humbled by that and it's uh i like having new experiences in my classes mm -hmm. so it's not always the same thing right but yesterday we did an exercise where we were leading and following and i got to mirror her. we were she and i were mirror pairs together and so it was more limited than it might have been otherwise but it was also really delightful yeah so, there's something yeah. interesting in that about like the patience that you find with her well, yeah, why is that not more available at other times? When other people who don't have an obvious reason why they're slower right. or, yeah. you know, whatever, limited yes. in one, one way or another. Yes. How do we find patience? Yeah. I think part of my expansion on that is that I'm more aware of my own personal limitations. Like as I'm getting older, there are certain things that are like, oh, that's physically challenging or uh -huh. something. And so... I can extend that more easily to other people. Like you're saying, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's more in the field of experience. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I wanted to mention that. And, and then the other thing that I was thinking of is how sensitive I've been feeling. I mean, that, that's been true in general for a while now, but I got some feedback from my course at Stanford and, you know, Usually the feedback I get, like people love the course. And the last course I taught, I got a 4.8 out of 5 average, cool. which is awesome. And it's the best score I'd had. This time around, I had, it was fine. It would have been like a 4.7. But I had one person who, who hated just it. hated it and was 
totally pissed and was like, this course is terrible. This course description didn't match anything of what we did. It was just all mindful. It was all playful games and there were, there was no mindfulness and the book was poorly written and wasn't used properly. And the instructor doesn't know what he's talking about. Wow. Yeah. And, and they also were upset that I had promoted my playful mindfulness two course in the class, which, you know, I can get like, sure. You don't want to be promoted. That's fine. And I had some questions about that. I had done a little bit more of that than I usually do. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll listen to right that. Up. Yeah, cool. But the interesting thing with this person was they did not say anything to me. And they apparently stayed for the whole class. So they could have gotten a refund after the second class, but they decided to stay with it. And, and they then, never said, and they never hey, said to I was me, hoping there'd be more mindfulness stuff. Like, yeah, why don't we... Yeah, never said a word. And I never... I, I Maybe I should have picked up on somebody being upset but I, I don't know and yeah it's really interesting as a practice to try to apply all the things that would say to every somebody else it's like oh it's just one person don't get attached to it look at all look at all of look the at, evidence to the contrary on this other side yeah. all these other people saying ted's a great teacher he's one of the best teachers i've ever had you know and yet this one like sticks in there yeah and I'm like, oh, what did like, I do? Are you able to? Are you able to go? Oh, this is about this person and not about me. And for the most part, I am. But every now and then, it's like, oh, but it still hurts. Yeah. And and my my, I was talking with my therapist and he about it, and he said, well, you know, it's okay to acknowledge that when somebody steps on your toes, it hurts. Yeah. You don't have to be like all above it. I was like, well, that's a good point. Yeah. So I kind of got my toe stepped on. Like, ouch. Oh, ah. I don't like that. And that, right, cool. So you don't need to. This is right. My therapist would call this a spiritual bypass. Right. Like, even though you know you're gonna get, you're gonna get to a point where, even though you know cerebrally, like mentally, that oh, this is probably about them and not about me. You, you, it doesn't really give you the right or the ability to pretend it doesn't hurt. Exactly. And to not have to process the feelings of pain that come along with being told these yeah. things and frustration and and like this one person dragged down my average embarrassment and yeah. I'm like, was it really? Was it really a one on a scale of one to five? Mm -hmm. Like, I know you didn't like it. I know you didn't agree. But like, really? Yeah. And it, it was more like trolling. Uh-huh. Just like vitriol. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, so I was kind of, as I was reading it, I was feeling bad. And then there was one thing that they said, which I kind of rebounded when they said, I think I mentioned it right, but when they said, and the book is poorly written, I was like, hell no, it's not. Yeah. That book is well written. <laughs> You could say what you want about my teaching. I that he, so, I'm assuming it's a he. I, I don't know. I don't know. I could be. Could, might, could, not be. might not be. Might not be. I'm assuming that they. Uh, well, it's it's funny that they read the book. Maybe maybe they just read one chapter. Right, know, like yeah. it's just a funny. The whole thing is like, man, you you devoted a lot of time to something that was giving you no love right. that you really right. hated, and like, right. what? Maybe you should look at that, my friend. Yeah. So. Uh, well, when they got to us, it was like resilient self-confidence in certain arenas. Like, no, no. Nope. It, well, that's not true. You just lost your credibility. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because that book is well-written. Might not be perfect, but anyway. Yeah. So those are a couple things that were going on for me, too. Got it. And then today, the Stanford Alumni Magazine article came yeah, out. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, yeah. It's been a while. And this is directly, this is this was such a cool thing. It's directly linked to what we're doing. Yeah. So it's this awesome article. Ted, suge you suggested it. I did. With the Stanford Alumni Magazine. I called them and I was talking about a couple things. 
because I was thinking about advertising the Playful Mindfulness book. And I said, you know, have you, have you ever thought about doing an, an article on improv, the legacy of improv at Stanford? Because there's a lot of us doing really cool work in the world. And it's really fascinating. And using it either explicitly like we do or, or in a much more applied way. Yeah. And, and they were like, oh, that's an intriguing idea. So they assigned a writer and then the writer contacted me and she and I talked for, I don't know, a couple hours maybe. And she read the book and she came to one of my workshops. Cool. And then, she, you know, I said, well, here's a handful of folks you should talk to. And I gave her a couple names and then she reached out to some other people. I think she talked to, I don't know, 15 or 20 people, something like that. But then the article came out today. It's yeah. got eight tips. What is it? And it's a, it's a really, yeah, it's eight lessons from improv. Eight life lessons you can learn from improv without ever stepping into a class. Yeah, it, which is so cool. And she basically structured it so that each person is a different tip. So eight people ended up being featured in this article, and each person talks about a different skill or tenet or aphorism. Or, aphor- yeah. One of the things which was cool about that was that you and I were both interviewed. Of the eight, almost every one of them is a topic we've covered on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Cool. We've had a conversation about almost each of them. Yeah. And a lot of them were like my vintage simps, like Alyssa Silverman and Jacob Klein. And mm-hmm. Jonathan Pally was just after me, I guess. Yes. But And like Claire, Slattery, like all these people that I'm like, yeah, we've all done improv. And, and some of us are still do, doing improv. And some of us are using improv in... In other pursuits, like settings. using sort of improv skills in other pursuits, in wildly other per- different pursuits. It's really, it feels so good. And there's like, you know, yeah, it's getting a lot of buzz, which getting, is cool. Uh, well, I will say this. It's at least getting a lot of buzz among the Stanford and other improviser communities. Yeah. Like the International Theater Sports Institute and the Applied Improv Network. Yeah. And somebody who I go to camp with who went to Stanford and oh, gets cool. the magazine posted it in our camp staff group. Nice. And my sister read it and was like, I'm forwarding this to my team. Like, it's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you remember your your quotation? Yeah, it was about how it's, it's about the how, not the what. Focus on the how, not the what. Yeah. Not on the what. Yeah. Yeah, you sounded pretty darn uh, astute. I'm... I mean, I'm just like into that right now. The idea that this is an art form of how, not of what. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to let go of what it is you end up creating. You just the thing you can control is how you go through this. I've been I've been quoting you along those lines in several several uh, places. Oh, great! Including this weekend, I quoted you on that. Yeah, mine was that she <laughs> she had me say, which I don't think I ever really said. Don't go negative. Was don't go negative, and I read that I was like. That's you would have said stay di- positive. <laughs> I, I would have said that's disproving the point by right. saying it. Yeah, because it's activating the negative. Anyway, I would have said, yeah, start with the start with the positive or start neutral to positive is what I would say. Yeah. But it was really cool to to see that. Yeah, there was good stuff about about you you're not you're never in as much control as you think you are, right? Wasn't Ryan Laponis is one mm-hmm. you're not in as much you don't have as much control as you think or something? Yeah, so Ryan he said accept that you don't have accept that you don't have control Ugh. even when you think you do. I love it. So he's a doctor at UCSF. I love that. And for me, one of the cool things about seeing him in this is that I've worked with him through UCSF stuff. I've done some the Academy of Communication and Healthcare. He's yeah. really involved in that. And so the three years that I've done work with them, I've gone and gotten to spend a week with Ryan, and he and I go out to dinner. We talk and improv and everything. I love because I have so many memories of Ryan as my. I mean, he was like a couple years older than me at school, 
And we improvised together. And he was like this sage improviser who knew everything from my freshman perspective, you know. And I haven't seen him in years. So I love that you know him sort of independently. In some other way, right. And I know him from this point in both of our lives. And it's been, you know, I was like married and has a couple kids and is doing all this his doctory he's stuff a, he's great he's yeah. awesome it was so would it be so fun to reconnect yeah. and so he was talking about how he particularly likes how improv showed him gave him a different view of failure and risk-taking and because he's training students and faculty mm-hmm. at UCSF, ucsf medical center to communicate better they have to practice like they do role-playing stuff and they have to just shake off their freeze around failing mm-hmm. which is super intense in medical school right both for the pressure and because it's life and death stakes to be able to like to learn. So he's like using improv to help them do that. Yeah. The other one that I, I mean, I liked so many of them. All of them are so great. And one of them specifically that I really loved reading about was Alyssa Silverman's. And I forget what the like tagline was, but she was talking about how. Uh, it's it's she, trust that the scene will evolve. Trust that the scene will evolve. And for me, that is. Find comfort in un, in the unknown. Find comfort in ambiguity where you're not sure how this is going to turn out, mm-hmm. right? And the way you do that is that you trust that something's going to happen. Yeah. But she was talking about her training. She's a psychologist, a clinical, clinical psychologist. Yeah. And she was talking about how she thought she had an advantage. Having studied improv gave her an advantage in, 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 the, in learning because every time a new person would come in, she was sort of excited by the unknown that they brought and trusted that something would happen between them. Yeah. Whereas unknown can so easily trigger like, but what if I'm not prepared and let me try to like prepare for all the eventualities and maybe this and maybe that and maybe this and, and I'm going to try to nail down all of the things. And, and she was like, Ma, I, no, you just got to get in and see what it is. Right. And that I, I maybe just really connect to that because I feel like I... That has been a big gift that I have been able to articulate that improv has given me is like, you can prepare the things you can prepare, and then you just get there. Mm-hmm. And there's things that you can't know till you get there. So you just don't even need to worry about those things. Right. And, and then, to, yeah, as, as you were saying that she said, to have a positive attitude, like all her classmates were all super freaked out about having these first experiences with clients. She's like, this would be great. You know, let's try it. Well, we're going to see. I Let's don't know. See. And it's sort of the shift from, it's like the shift to curiosity. Right. That that you have helped me make, especially when I've had to had to have hard conversations mm. or, uh, yeah, have an interaction where I was like, I don't know. This person said they want to talk to me. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, look, what if it's there? What if it's, what if they're upset or whatever? And it's like, well, just sort of be curious about what it might be. Yeah. And if you open up with a curiosity of like, oh, Oh, okay. Like, oh, that's what you're, you know, like right. whatever. Then you, then you show up not, not tightened down, but not clenched, sort yeah. of open, yep. open to what it is, and then, and then accompany that with trust that you have what you'll need to handle it, yeah. and be willing to say what's obvious, even if what's obvious is like, I'm not sure what to do. I think we should continue this conversation another time, right? If it gets sticky, yeah. You know, if it gets hard. Uh, people who practice that. Maxim, trust that the scene will evolve yeah. on stage. Our improvisers, I love performing with, because like we're gonna figure it out. We'll we'll get it. Something's gonna happen, or we won't, and it won't be a good and scene, fine. and that'll and be fine. okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, it sort of just keeps you from going into like fear clench. And and I feel that same way about in relationships too, or you know, professional partnerships. Like, we can just sort of start going. Well, something will show up if we stay tuned. Stay connected. Something will happen. Yeah. 
it just feels like it's so much more it's a um it's confident but it's not arrogant yeah right it's like confident because it's like oh i'm relying on life i'm connected to this force that's carrying us and we're gonna work through it i sort of as as patricia would say i trust reality yes i trust reality yeah and so whatever this is and i love that we'll have something her this is patricia ryan madsen we're talking about our our teacher at stanford who inspired all these people in this article i was surprised she wasn't interviewed me too me too but that she uses the word reality from David Reynolds's constructed living, it could be a parallel to what other people call God, yeah, or life like or spirit I, or yeah. something, right? And yet, it's so much more practical. Oh God, I love it, it so doesn't much. require any dogma or it's capital like, R, capital R reality. But but there's a little nod to like, no, we're talking about the whole thing. Yeah, we're talking about the whole thing. And we're talking about the system. We're talking yeah. about the yeah. Yeah, the reality will take care of it. Like all that is here. She said things to me like, reality's not going to let you wind up alone. I think it was like during a sad love time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it was, you know, in the middle of fear clench. <laughs> Forget it. I'll never have anybody, you know. Right. And she was like, reality's not going to let you wind up alone. Yeah. It's a cool notion. Yeah. It's and it's cool like, notion. oh. It's nice. <laughs> Adam Tobin, who's now a screenwriter. Were you there at the same time as Adam Tobin? No. But we're there now together. Right. Yeah, because he's teaching. He's a senior lecturer in art and uh, art history, right? Screenwriter. He has screenwriter. Screenwriter, yeah. And his thing was, take the offer. Love it. That was his quotation. And that offers are everywhere. Paying attention to what's happening uh, like on stage and in life. Like, everything's available. There's something available. Always something to respond to. And also, you know, that, that came up in a class recently. Somebody was on stage, and she was saying, I'm really excited. And she did not look excited. I just didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. And I asked her partner, I was like, does she seem excited? And the partner was like, no. And I was like, say that. And then I asked her, I said, do you feel excited? And she said, I feel nervous. And I was like, say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, get, you, you can pick up, you, you can take the offers from yourself also. Yes. Like, yes. You, your body is giving you offers yeah. and you're... And your emotions are giving you offers, and you get to follow those. Right. You get to take those offers. And even that, even though it's coming from yourself, it's still not you controlling it. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's it's discovering the thing that you feel and then lifting it up and letting it be there. But that's not control, I, right. I don't think. No, no. And then it unfolds from there and like... Oh, okay. What am I excited about? Then the character decides what they're discovers what they're excited about. Yeah, and in step. and in life. Yes. You know, like there's times when it's like I don't know, I just don't feel right about this, and it's so tempting to have your brain be like pave it over, pave it over, or, or reason your way out of that of that feeling, like mm-hmm. bulldoze your big brain over over your that feeling, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, what if? What if we put stock in that feeling? Mm-hmm. That that's that feeling is responding to something. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong, right? So, taking you know, so taking that off, you know, taking that offer, and paying attention to the th- sorts of things that we value more, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What do we prioritize? What gets what gets privilege? Yeah. What gets airtime? It's like well, reason. Mm-hmm. Reason's got a pretty firm hold on the airtime. Yeah. Controls. Yeah. I like the aspect of this article 
that feels like not a completion of a circle, but another iteration of a spiral, right? That, that Patricia had this influence on us. We go out to the world and this and this article kind of celebrates that. We're like reporting back, yeah. Reporting to those check felt analysts. Really good. Adam Adam Tobin posted something that was, or no, he, he somebody that we both work with wrote to us and was like, "Hey, nice article!" <laughs> like because we cool. all the three of us work together doing workshops, and he said, "Yeah, it's a really wild experience to read all of these different people who've had all the thoughts that I've had." Outside my head, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, like we've all thought all of these. Th- this is all our language. This is what we do. And right. there's something so wonderful to name that there is a an approach that comes from Patricia out of Stanford Improv, carried on by Dan, carried on by me, yeah. th- that is going out into the world and that we share it. And that when, when we when we cast a net out and like collect those feelings again, it's like, yep. That's it. Right. We're kind of all doing That's it. That's the stuff. Yeah. It feels really good. And and it's a, a feeling of community as well, of like belonging to something larger and yeah, having a shared language, like you're saying. Yeah. And, and articulating it yeah. is really powerful. Yeah. It's cool. And then I also, this doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's it's one of the sweetest things in my life to have an idea for something. And to put it to put it out into the world and to watch it come back like realized. Mm-hmm. So the idea for this article and somebody else liked the idea and then they did it. They did all the work. She wrote it and now it's the, like there it is. Yeah, that's so cool that you made it. So that good. you suggested this. Yeah, it's awesome. It feels so good. It's almost it's like a little bit like Christmas or something. I don't know. It's got that quality of just oh <gasps> yay yeah yay <laughs> yeah. Like, all right you know great. Okay. Next, yeah. What's the next? What's the next thing? Yeah. I don't know. We did that. Great. Okay. A little signpost or something. Yeah. So. Hmm. So cool. Hmm. So cool. Is there anything else on your mind, or that comes from that? Well, the the no. I was just kind of thinking. I feel like I've had a really big time with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've I, like I've just been working a lot, and there's been a, like a, I'm, I'm in the middle of a lot of stories right now. Hmm. I'm in the middle of a lot of stories, and I'm. What do you mean by stories? Oh, either projects or relationships or flow like ver- flows of various kinds, and they're okay. all different lengths, and they all involve different. They require different things from me. Right. And there's a lot to balance, and I don't have a lot of time, and so I feel like every moment is sort of packed four stories deep. Ah. That's sort of what it feels like. Okay. It's and and it's big and and one of the things I was talking to you about before the podcast it, that's also on my mind is I'm recognizing how some of my compulsions don't serve me. Hmm. <laughs> like um, that there is a rhythm and a pace that I am accustomed to, and more on the frenetic side. Would you say robust? We could call it robust. <laughs> Robustly scheduled. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yeah, that I that I given sp- I'm like a goldfish. I'm like, give me space, I will fill it. What? What? <laughs> Are goldfish known for filling space? Yes, goldfish grow. Yeah. What? <laughs> yes, goldfish grow according to the space they have in their. So if you if you keep them in a small bowl, 
they won't grow very big. Oh. And then you put them in a bigger bowl and they'll grow okay. proportionally. And I was, you put them in a big and they'll I was imagining a goldfish like constructing a new wing to their home if you gave them more room, like not the fish growing, but like building more another project. I don't think goldfish build things. No, but that's what was so funny to me. Okay. <laughs> Little tool belt yeah. on a goldfish. Hard hat. Yeah. Bring it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The foreman of a <laughs> A little level, a fish level. What's the word? Clipboard. Okay. A little fish level. Adding <laughs> on to sa- the plastic castle. And right. The, exactly. And, the, and the, no, no, the goldfish actually grows. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm, there's a limit to it. They don't just keep growing. There's not some giant Loch Ness monster goldfish in the bottom yeah. of the sea. In the Pacific. If it were, it's probably hanging out on Maui. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there is. Maybe we just haven't seen it. Right. It's, anyway, it's chilling. I'm like that. So if you give me space, immediately I'm like, oh, what do I do with it? Aha. Uh-huh. Immediately. Fill the space. Got yeah. It. And recently I was thinking about what to do. I was, th- I was like, ooh, I might have some time after Christmas. And that would be, and maybe I'll go, I was going to go plan a trip to New York. Come see a Broadway show with me. Come see a Broadway show with Ted and see friends. A friend of mine just had a baby in New York. And there, you know, it's like there's, there are things, there are good reasons yeah. to go. And then a friend of mine was like, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about going to, I'm thinking about making a plan to go to New York, but I'm not sure. And he, and he, he said, why don't you just stay home? Mm-hmm. And there was this piece of my insides that like, like exhaled mm-hmm. and like a knot loosened a little bit, which was interesting. And it's accompanied by like, oh, but. Right, there's the party that wants to keep going. But and when will I? But I want to go, and maybe I'll never get to go again if I don't go now, because there'll always be something else to do in the future, and you mm-hmm. just gotta go, even if it's a little bit too much, because otherwise you won't get to experience the things. Here, here's a question: When you look back at frenetic times in the past, where you you know sort of poop, go 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 go, do you look back and think oh, I'm so glad glad I did all those things? Yes. Or do you use or do you otherwise think? I didn't need to do all that. It's I, in the present that I am unhappy with doing all the things. In the in when I look when I reminisce, mm, oh yeah, I remember the good stuff. I don't okay. remember the schedule. Well, this yeah. is why. I mean, this is like right. And and I think that I I am equipped with an amazing ability to get real present real fast. Right. And so in the middle of craziness, I think I think for other people there would be more bleed over from the frenetic pace into the activity. I got it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, where you can lock in. Like the transition, really but I'm quickly, like, yeah. oh, I'm crazy, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. I get there, and then I'm totally there, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I have a purity of experience of being in a place, even if it was nuts to get there. And you don't then have bleed over on the other side of like, okay, I need to unwind. You can like a little bit of unwind, but you only can snap back into the next thing pretty quickly. Well, I do. But, yeah. I, but I'm sort of curious right now. So I'm like, I'm curious right now about... I also read a thing that just said busyness is the death of creativity or like you need sort of unstructured mental time when you are not running from one thing to another and occupied with what you have to do next and like busy having a busy mind creating the next, you know, like doing Mm -hmm. the planning for the next thing in order to just allow creative thinking to happen and allow assimilation to happen and allow naps to happen. I mean, it just feels like there's maintenance that needs time. I like how you rolled your eyes when you said need nap. You're like, need naps. Oh. I, well, no, I love naps. <laughs> I love naps. And But like, there's just that stuff, ta- like maintenance of this machine takes time. Yeah. And I never give it time. Mm. 
And I had a day to day when I really, I really felt it. I got up early and I, I was drinking my coffee and it's like, there's one thing that I love. It is a relaxed cup of coffee in the morning. Like a cup of coffee, make my coffee, drink it, mm-hmm. hang out, write in my journal, read a book, surf the whatever, just hang, just not need to mm-hmm. rush through my goddamn cup of coffee. I just mm-hmm. want my cup mm-hmm. of coffee. And if I haven't had a relaxed cup of coffee in a few days, it is almost, it's like, I feel like I, I, have, I have a friend who has a four-year-old, three-year-old who's dropping a nap. And so most dropping a nap? Yeah, he used to take a nap every day and he's dropping it. He doesn't oh. need it anymore oh. every day. But every 3 or 4 days he needs a nap. Mm. It's like it accumulates. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every it's like my slowly usually cup of coffee right accumulates and I need that time in the yeah. morning. If I if there's too many days without it or I haven't built time in for myself, mm-hmm. I I'm it's like I need it the buffer gets thin oh god the buffer gets thin i don't have you know i don't have resources and i i I looked at the clock and i was like i need to be out of the house in eight minutes and i'm still on the floor of my living room with my cup of coffee in my jammies (laughs) and i made it out of the house in eight minutes way to go but it's like oh because i could not bring myself to get ready sooner because i needed the time do you know what i mean i do so i'm like anyway all this is to say to like back up through the different levels of this story and idea I'm at a place where I'm starting to notice my own instincts and how they are not. They may not be helpful. They might not be what I need. Yeah. It's so, like, so then right you, now I'm in a, you can't always get what you want, but if you try, you might get what you need moment. So, so what do you do with that realization? Well, I think right now it means I don't plan a trip to New York. Ah. Uh. Like honor it and try something new. And actually trying something new is a little scary for me. Like being in another way. Well, and, but this is one of the things that you teach over and over and over again is if you find yourself in a habit or in a pattern. Break it. See if you can break it. And, try something new. And today I taught follow the fear. If you're a little afraid, mm-hmm. if you don't know how this is going to work out, do it. Yeah. Cool. And then you'll know. So it's like I have to do that thing. Yeah. And just because it's like Dan O'Connor's unscripting. Pro, like you know, I need to unscript that part. I have need to unscript mm-hmm. the part of myself that feels like I, that this is an inherent quality of who I am, that I, that I have yeah. opportunities to be in different ways. It's one of the things that's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking I'm kind of doing the same thing, but in the flip direction. Yeah. So usually my schedule is like wide open, mellow. I'm, you know, I've got time to meditate in the morning and to go for a walk. And then I'm, maybe I'm teaching at night or taking care of some marketing stuff or whatever. But this month, it's just back-to-back, go, 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 go. And I've been struggling with my voice. Like, I got sick last week, and then I lost my voice. It's a little bit better, clearly. But I have to teach a class tonight, and I'm scheduled to fly tomorrow morning. And I was thinking, should I just let go of this trip to D.C.? Like, should I just not go? And part of me was like, as you said, I thought of it as like, ooh, I feel spacious. Like, wow, it'd be great to get this weekend back. And then there's another part of me who's like, just go. Try it. Try just, it out. Just do it. Try out this like nonstop. We want to get to the end of this month and say, wow, we did all that. Look at all that stuff I did. Yeah. 
And so I'm, I'm pretty sure oh I'm, gonna, I'm still so going to go. It's so interesting, Ted. So for me, breaking the pattern is going the other direction. Yeah. It's like, no, what if I do book more stuff? You know, but I've got, you know, I've got a couple other things on the other side next week that I've got a couple of speaking gigs and uh, I really want to be healthy for those. And so, you know, how do I take care of myself while I'm going back to DC, going into the cold, 40 degrees, 35 degrees, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice... Uh, little Freaky Friday moment. Freaky Friday. <laughs> I should bring a, like a, a red hair wig. I don't know that that is going to help you in the things you're going to do. All the the things I need to do. I don't know that it's going to help the impression you're making on people. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But yeah, like channel me a little bit. Right. Because it's, that's my life. Okay, here we go. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just did this, did this. And it's like, you know, three county days are like routine. Okay, 1030 night. Who's going to dinner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Time to go to dinner. Totally. Yeah. Back to the hotel. Okay. Meet you in the bar. We'll sing karaoke until three in the morning. Yeah. And then we'll go to the... And then we'll do a run at eight. Then we'll go to the Qigong Let's, session at we'll 7.30. We'll <laughs> Before we go listen to some mindfulness maven speak yeah, about... it's nutty. ...the importance of sitting still. But I'm excited, for, I'm excited to check in with you at the end of this string of activity because right. to see if you share my like... Oh, I got to do all that stuff. Right. You know, and and to see if for you the craziness of the transitions falls away in favor of the more much more shiny, sticky memories of all right. the beautiful things you all got to do. Cool stuff. Yeah. Well, I know that when I traveled for my sabbatical and I was in Europe and I had, you know, back to back stuff. I mean, I I went up to Findhorn in Scotland and spent a week for doing a creating sculptures in nature and then I came to London and I hung out with a friend and we did the Olympics and then uh, I went to Paris and Venice and like it was just back to back and it felt totally fine yeah but but even within that I had time to write like I was writing blog posts and I had time to reflect and so it wasn't manic it just was full Mm-hmm. This feels a little bit. This is a little bit more on the manic side. Yeah, because as soon as you get home from one thing, you're packing for the next thing. Right. You just have a podcast recording session in the twelve hours right. you have home, and yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different, but no, I. But it's I, also I love sort of, the feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, I do. I already do. And it, yeah, cool. I mean, I, I've taught several classes, and I finished a class. I started two new classes. I did this gig at Genentech. I went to Maui and led a weekend program. I'm teaching another class. Like, yeah, there's already, yeah. I've done a lot. It's like you're doing the thing. It's happening. It's making Stuff it happen. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any spinach in my refrigerator. <gasps> yeah, exactly. My right. Smooth, well, so this is. My smoothie this morning suffered as a result. This is the trade off, right? This is like right. the trade off that I live in all the time is like, well, no I, spinach in the I've once again eaten peanut butter for a meal. Yeah. Uh, but I got to see four really important people today and I taught a class and I did a thing, you know? Right. So it's like, right. where's your, what are you going to give up? Something's yeah. got to give, something always gives. Yeah. And, and I have been living in a way where I've always given. Okay. Okay. Like my, yeah, my sleep, my, my personal, my space mm-hmm. all, all always comes last. Right. And it's like, what if not? What if not? Yeah. So, okay. Well, I don't know if we have a neat little wrap-up, a, a button, a I punctuation say, mark. I think we say, hey, thanks for joining us as we chatted about what was going on. Yeah. 
Well, I want to encourage people if they want to find that article, uh, we'll include it on the monsterbabypodcast.com uh, page. Cool. We also could post it on Monster Baby Podcast Facebook group. That's right. We can. Page. It's called Eight Life Lessons You Can Learn from Improv Without Ever Stepping Into a Class, written by Charity, Charity Ferreira. Ferreira. Nicely said at the same time. Charity. Charity Ferreira. Ferreira. And the date on the article is November 12th, 2019. Which was yesterday. Which was yesterday. The article's fun. and The article's um, fun, and there's a lot of great people quoted in it. And hey, I have a, a request. We have not we I don't know if we've done this for a while, but if you like Monster Baby Podcast, please well, write a review. Yeah, go write a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts because it really helps. Yeah. And it's really awesome. Um, but sort of pumps up the volume. Yeah. For, it gets gets it gets it to more people, which is nice. And and maybe even better, share it with somebody you love. Think of like, hmm. Who in my life could use more of this kind of curious approach, open-minded, open-hearted approach to life and think, oh. Who needs a little more Ted and Lisa in their yeah. life? Oh, I know who I need to give it to. <laughs> and then just give it to them. We're profligate. We don't, we'd love to talk to them. Oh, yeah. We're into with it. Them. All right. So thank you. Thanks and for listening. We're going to say goodbye now. Okay. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye, goodbye now. now. So Roland, there it is. Another episode, number 69 in the that books. Is, that was nice. I liked up. it. Talk to me. What do you like about it? I just liked it. It's resonating. It just feels like it's a lot of, you know, we're both doing a ton of work and it's nice to just sort of stop and be like, look at all this work we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh in various in you know, in various ways into different populations and in different contexts, and the article is a piece of that and it just yeah, it just feels like it was nice to it's good to take stock. Nice to talk about it, and I thought the article was great, so it was fun to go through some of those. Right, some of those principles. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and I hope people look at the article too. And it's just there's such a burgeoning of this world, and and you know we've got our our Stanford corner that we're familiar with, but there's just so many cool people doing so many cool things. Yeah, it's great. Um, I saw an article this morning from someone in the Applied Improv Network group who was talking about applying improv to romantic relationships. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, so, many, duh. so many ways to do that. Duh, duh. So kind of obvious. Yeah. And it's a niche that has not been scratched. <laughs> Scratch that niche. Scratch that, that niche. Ted. It's definitely available. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, and I, I hope it's not as long until our next episode. But I hope not too, but you're... I'm gone until the 25th, but we'll... Yeah. The 25th of November. November. Okay, we'll just do Maybe it we'll after do that. we'll Thanksgiving episode. Like somewhere around there, yeah? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, hey, we could just leave it at that. Think so? Yeah, get in touch with us. Send a note. Info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yeah, hope you have a lovely... I hope wherever you are, if it's like getting a little chilly and you're heading into holiday seasons, that that is making you happy. Cozy, put a log on the fire. Yeah. A little warm drink. A toddy. A toddy? A teddy? A hot teddy? Am I a hot teddy? Uh, we're, gonna, can somebody, we're just going to stop. Can somebody drink me? No. Stop. <laughs> stop there. <laughs> I, I, I always run into this. I don't know what a hot toddy is, but I, I always think hot teddy. And then that, oh, a hot toddy is wonderful. It's like 
It's, it's like, like brandy or something. Yeah, it's like brandy and lemon and like cinnamon and hot water. And so it's like this, cider. Is there cider in there? I think it's sort of a. a, a a catch-all term for a hot holiday drink. I think uh, I, I'm thinking of the Christmas scene I went to in Denmark with like little villages and everybody dressed up and walking around the snow and people drinking drinks like that. Yeah, you have a hot toddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, if it suits your fancy. Hot toddies are great. Yeah. I'm such en- a fan. Enjoy enjoy one for me. Yeah. Hot toddy for Teddy. Somebody get drunk on on behalf of Ted DeMezo. Somebody please. <laughs> <laughs> tell him how tell him how it was. All right. We'll see y'all coming around the other side. Yeah. And, uh, thanks a bunch. Bye, everybody. Bye.